Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and this week we are talking about not fearing the requirements. This is a topic that drives thousands of homeschoolers crazy and takes smiles out of their homeschooling. This should hopefully help you relax and not fear those requirements. But before we begin, we also want to thank our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. They make math fun. You should go check out their website over at teachingtextbooks.com. So let's get started. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. We're ready to go. I mean, uh, we're, we're getting ready for our first homeschool convention. We're down at Teach Them Diligently in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I'm looking out the window right now, and it is snowing. It's snowing hard. It's supposed to snow like, I don't know, four to ten inches, depending on who you're listening to on the radio at whatever given time, um, which if we weren't driving tomorrow, I think it'd be good. Tomorrow's Maggie's birthday. She's going to be sweet 16. And can you believe that, man? That's crazy. And uh, and so she's got, I don't know about the whole day planned, but she's got some fun planned and we've got some things. One of her birthday presents, her main present is, uh, since her sister is now married and gone, Maggie is like taking over the whole room and turning it into a, I don't know, a girl's paradise for her only room. I mean, she, she really wants a lock on the door. So we live in a 110 year old house, 115 year old house now. Is that right? Uh, I don't yeah, know. Probably if it's 101 yeah. or 1906 or something like that. Yeah. 1905. Yeah. And so 115 year old house. And so some of the doors don't shut all the way, but she wants to make sure her door shuts. I, she wants to keep us out. So, but, and so if that was just a snowy day for that, I'd be good. But I'm not super excited that it decided to snow right now. Um, but it's it's going to be good. But we're excited uh, heading to our first uh, convention of the year. And I, I don't I don't want to downplay all the ones that were later in the year. But these first ones, this is where I'm my freshest. Um, I've got a new workshop or two that we're going to be doing, and I'm excited about that. And uh, you know, uh, we'll, we're heading down there. We're not going in our RV, and I know most of you know that we travel around in a big. Uh, RV that we call the family mammo wheel. We're just taking a, a suburban and a trailer and we're going to stay at the, uh, the Opry land, whatever Gaylord Opry land, um, which is a huge hotel down in Nashville. It'll be a lot of fun. My kids love it. And it's a lot of fun. We'll get to see a lot of people, but, uh, I was a little, um, surprised, maybe not surprised. Um, but, uh, a few days ago, I'm Facebook, or maybe it was just yesterday, uh, I asked, are you going to a homeschool convention? And if so, uh, where? And lots of you commented and said you were excited about your homeschool conference and that you were taking some friends or you're going with your husband and you go every year. Um, but there were a couple of you who were just like, no, I don't need that. Um, let me just encourage you. If you've never been, you're missing out. Not only are you missing out, but your people who are there are missing out on you. Uh, because, you know, it's like the body. Uh, if a hand says he doesn't want to be part of the body, you know, the whole body suffers. I think it's the same way in homeschooling. Um, there are people there who need to hear from you. In fact, maybe your kids are all grown up. You don't even have, you don't homeschool anymore because, you know, you're a kid, you're done with that. Can I encourage you maybe to go anyway? You know, you don't have to go for the whole weekend, but maybe just go for a day um, to encourage all those moms who are struggling to pick out curriculum because the few moms who said they weren't going, they all are like, it's so overwhelming. There's so much there and it can be overwhelming. Uh, but, uh, you should go and listen to the speakers and be encouraged. Um, I know my wife's almost her favorite thing 
when our kids were little is that she would always go to the nursing mother's room and she would go in there and she would always bump into moms and she would and she loved that time because that's where they really talked um so if you need some encouragement you should think about going and i know ben oh go ahead no it's just something i don't think they really market is you know it's a lot of times it's all about the you know oh the curriculum we have all these speakers which is true and you should buy all dad's books and you know and everything else but uh, <laughs> twice yeah exactly mm-hmm. but they also like something and, and like they make it only it's like a resource thing but it's also something that like a lot of other conventions for other big things that people are into they thrive off of people love that just sense of like-mindedness and community with other people who are into the same things they do and they you know and that's there's something really really nice and awesome about literally every person you're in line with you know if you're getting food or whatever they all do what you do basically and like that's just really really an encouraging thing regardless of this the resources is connecting with people that are you know doing the same things than you uh, that you do in life so i think that is that's true ben i never thought about that i mean i mean i have thought about that but it was kind of like uh uh, Ben's uh, younger brother, Abe, he and his cousin went to a Star right. Wars. I don't know what they call it. Star Wars. Huh? So, Star Wars celebration. Star Wars celebration where you get like 10,000 of the, the freakiest people uh, who love Star Wars. And, you know, and they go and they do that, you know, for the sand people and they dress up and they see all. And, and it's just this like this community um that they know you know the speakers they know and really homeschooling is kind of a homeschool convention is kind of like that without the chewbacca costumes um but uh uh so if you haven't haven't made plans yet you should check out your state or maybe your the the closest uh homeschool convention to you and you're if you're overwhelmed by large uh homeschool conventions there are a lot out there that aren't huge um, you know, almost every state uh, has one that's pretty close to you. That's maybe you know a thousand people, or maybe it's only five hundred people. Um, you go up to Alaska, and there are maybe three or four hundred people. It's those are amazing conventions. And again, I talk to homeschoolers all the time. and said, "Man, I didn't know we had these here." Um, don't let that be you. Uh, you have one near you. Just check it out. Um, so anyway, uh, so we're going to take a couple letters from the mailbox today. And uh, in fact, uh, this one, first one is by Kate and Ben's going to read it. Um, but uh, uh, she just wrote yesterday and said, she, kind of referencing to last week's um, uh, weekly email and kind of podcast. And she was just asking if we've ever talked about that. And I said, no, we're going to talk about it today. So Ben, why don't you read that first letter from Kate? All right. So she says, hello from cold and dreary Kansas City area, which I don't know if it's more cold and dreary here than, but uh, hopefully it's not too bad. But she said, this week's email hit the nail on the head for me. I have a daughter whom we homeschool from sixth grade through graduation. She loved studying, loved all her classes, and the harder the science and math, the better. I also have a son who's a freshman this year. He has been homeschooled all his life. We've worked through some pretty tough learning dif- uh, difficulties uh, from the beginning. My son is not that uh, not very good, or not, nor does he like the science, math, and grammar, etc. But thoroughly excels in literature, art, music, and so forth. Kind of student you wrote about in this week's email. I listened to the most recent podcast, hoping you might expound on the how-to part of spending more time with a student's strengths versus his weaknesses. I did not hear any answers that helped me in this pursuit. So my question is, how do you spend most of the time teaching and learning to the strengths versus weaknesses and still fulfill your state's requirements? 
or college entrance requirements as well is another part she had there. And then she said, if this has not been asked or if this has been asked, let me know. If not, how do you succeed in doing this with your high school graduates? We haven't been smiling very much around here and I'd love to. It kills me to see, feel, and hear this frustration in my son. We are both hitting the cinder block wall. Thank you in advance for your help and wisdom. I thoroughly enjoy your weekly emails, which if you don't aren't subscribed to the weekly email, this is a great plug for it. It's short, really quick. I mean, it's like, I don't know, maybe you know a few hundred words, if that. Um, and uh, you just can go subscribe to it over on the smilinghomescore.com. It's right on there on the main page. So we definitely suggest you go do that. But I want to take a quick minute to thank our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. Teaching Textbooks is one of the best math curriculums out there, and our family has used it for many years, and we've loved it. Their newest version of the curriculum is better than ever, and you can access it from basically any device that has a browser, including Windows, Macs, Chromebooks, and even smartphones. Every math problem is explained and demonstrated in a fun and easy way that takes some of the stress and responsibility away from you. Teaching Textbooks stores your child's grades, so you can easily ensure they're learning, and you can check their progress if you'd like. Teaching Textbooks makes math fun, and you should go visit the website over teachingtextbooks.com to check out a free trial or view a sample lesson. You can also visit them at any local homeschooling convention. Thank you to Teaching Textbooks for supporting the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Well, Kate, uh, let me just say, most letters begin like yours do. They always say, I had this one, my first child loved it. They were great. They loved the harder, the better. And, you know, if you could stop right there, just think how arrogant you would be thinking, oh, this homeschooling is so easy, you know, because we have those kids who come into the world and they love homeschooling. They love everything about it. They love all the, any worksheet we throw in their path, they love it, you know, and they, everybody looks at them and goes, wow, your kid's amazing. And then you have the next child or a child down the way um, who maybe struggles in these areas. And, you know, Kate's right on, you know, even though he's not a math science person, uh, he thoroughly excels in literature and music and, you know, that kind of stuff. Let me just say, because I wrote, uh, I think last week in the last week's email, I said, I'm not a math guy. And, oh, and if your kid's not a math, maybe I didn't write that in the email. I wrote it sometime <laughs> on the podcast, on the Facebook page. I said, you know, if your kid's not a math kid, just accept it, move on, back off. Um, and I had these parents, not lots of them, uh, lots of them say, oh yeah, I will totally believe it. But a few of them said, oh, I think it's damaging to label our kids that way. And I've heard other speakers say those same things. Um, you know, I agree. If you put a label and you hang it around their neck and says, I am not a whatever, um, you know, that maybe that could be damaging. I don't know. Um, but in your head, it's okay to attach that, not a label, but maybe, you know, that's your kind of kid. You know, just, if you had a kid who good, was good in sports, you're not labeling him as a kid who's good in sports. You just acknowledge it, and that's the way you deal with it. So it's not wrong to say about yourself or about another kid, hey, his strengths aren't in this. And when people try to talk you out of that and say, that's not true, they could learn these things, just look him right in the face, don't say anything, and walk away. Because, you know, it's you're 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 going to leave that thing frustrated frust, with frustration. Are you going to say something? Ben? Yeah, I mean, and I feel like it's the whole idea of like we're labeling them or or the big priority is that weakness. You know, it, it's like 
I don't know. It's like if you take someone like, I don't know, let's say a superhero, you know, they have some super incredible strength, but then they usually have something that's their weakness. You usually identify that superhero by the strength and put that first, not the weakness. But in a lot of parents, it seems like they put the weakness first and then mm. just say the strength is like an inadequacy, but they're good at that, I guess, you know, but it's like, so it's not saying they're horrible, like they should not ever do it. It's just saying they may put their ex excellence in the other thing and they just may be normal in the other thing. You know, so it's you know, like looking at the Hulk and then exactly. saying, man, the guy can't run at all. Yeah. I mean, or he, he can't is slow. Stairs well or whatever. <laughs> That's right. right. He can't even hold a spoon. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm just saying, yeah, totally. And it's just like, so she says it, you know, he's like, well, he's really good at literature, art and music. Well, to be honest, like science is very, very little used in the real world. And so, well, know, that, and, and, <laughs> well, and there are some people who use science every day in the totally. real world. But that person um, is they, not going to be him, probably. <laughs> ex mean. He's not going to be him. He's going to be the kid like me who doesn't use science, you know, and I like a lot of science. I like to read about it. I like to see it. But, you know, if you have to. And the other day, my wife was. Uh, sitting on the couch and she brought down one of the kids' math books in the evening. Like this is going to be entertainment. We talked about math problems and she goes, listen to this one. And, and she was trying to explain it to everybody and see if Maggie, because Maggie said, I can do it. I couldn't even understand what they were talking about. Um, and that's okay. So let's just go. I want to look at this letter a, a little bit more. Um, so she says, my question is, how do you spend most of the time teaching, learning to the strengths for, versus weaknesses and still fulfilling state homeschool requirements or college entrance requirements? Okay. First of all, Kate, um, I know because you told me you live in the Kansas city area. We're not, I'm not sure if that's Missouri or if that's in Kansas city, Kansas, but I went to your state homeschool requirements. Um, I went to HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. They have the requirements, requirements for every state in the union. And your state, you know, here's, here's what you have to, here's what you have to do. Um, you have to register your private school. Boom, that's not too hard. You have to select competent instruction, competent instructors, which is you if you're a parent. Um, you have to teach for the required period, which is 186 days. It used to be 180. I don't know where they got that extra six days. And then, then it says there are no required subjects. But here's what most schools teach. Okay, if I read that, I would throw the second part of that sentence out. You know, if there are no required subjects in your state, and if you live in Kansas, uh, Kansas, this Kansas City, Kansas, there are no requirements for what you teach. Yes, you have to, you know, kind of keep track of what you've taught. That's no big deal. But that should take the fear away right there because, you know, you don't have any of those state homeschool requirements. You just have to fit, have the days. You have to sign up that you're going to do it. And even if it says we, we recommend that you do these things, don't do it. If you look at other state requirements, I see the same thing. I was talking to the uh, guys who, who founded and created teaching textbooks. They recognize that often, that what somebody will say is, your state doesn't require anything, but we suggest, you know, you can go ahead and listen to them, but if your state doesn't require it, then don't, then don't listen to those people. Because sometimes out of fear, they add things. They try to make it like them. You don't have to do that. So, okay, your, your, your state says you have to do this kind of, you have to teach so long. Here's what your school's gonna look like. 
if your kid is a you know literature art music guy or gal let them do lots of it you know they can compose things their history you know maybe you have them read about people who excel and are in those areas you know that they enjoy um maybe you know your gram you know don't worry about grammar just toss that aside you know uh let them watch schoolhouse rock that's okay um you know math sure your kids need to add and subtract they need to multiply they need to divide they need to do that those things do they need advanced algebra no they don't you know so your 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 school doesn't require it so don't what about science you know should they know some of those things so they don't appear ignorant sure you know like we've said before our kids read apologia books but we didn't have to do the test we didn't have to do those things because we just wanted them to be familiar with it because we knew those kids weren't going to be science people if i had a science kid i'd give them all there is i'd give them all kinds of things um so i wouldn't be afraid of that um and i would just do it confidently you know because i was just i've been thinking about that in fact i'm going to talk about it in nashville you know like like um, uh, lies cause us to doubt. So when we believe lies, we begin to doubt ourselves. Like we talked about last week, remember that one, two punch? Well, you know, the opposite is just as true. The truth gives us confidence. Um, you know, so the truth is we don't have to do that. I'm going to live in that truth and teach by that truth. What most people do is they say, oh yeah, that's true. And then they just teach the regular subjects again because they, 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 they're too afraid. I'm gonna tell you, you need to put your heels in and say, I know this to be true. In the state that I live in, it says I don't have to have cover anything, certain things, so I'm not going to. Now, there are a few states that do make, that make you cover certain things. Even that, that is, there's a lot of flexibility. Um, and then the other part of the question was, or to, to fulfill college entrance requirements. I'll tell you, there is just like this huge myth that college is hard to get into. It is not. Um, maybe we talked about it a little bit last mm -hmm. time. You know, a few weeks ago. A, two weeks ago. You may feel like there are. It doesn't. It's not hard. And well, what if my, my kid wants to go to Harvard? Well, that might get be a little harder. But if you got the money for that, they might let you in anyway. Um, but it's not a bad thing if your kid doesn't get into the college of his choice. If he has to work a little harder, harder for it, or she has to work a little harder for it and go to some other kind of college. I, again, I think we just, we get so bogged down into what we think that they want and they don't really want. You know, I didn't know this, Ben. Um, you know, it's been a while since I took some of the uh, SAT. I've never taken the, S, the uh, ACT. ACT. Um, and none of our kids ever took the SAT. Um, and you know, some colleges aren't even requiring those things anymore. They don't even require the SAT. Now they're just doing the ACT. The ACT, it just, it doesn't cover any history. It doesn't cover any of that. It, it doesn't cover grammar. It just, you know, it has some math. It doesn't have science and has some literature, you know, that you have to be able to read and be able to interact. Um, you know, but we just have this, this false notion that they're going to quiz you on everything so you can get into college and really again it's not that and they hard. start prepping these kids you know at the age of 12 to start worrying about it and we're not and like even though it sounds like dad is saying that obviously even though we didn't have lots of the requirements in our state like our mom did more things than just 
Like she didn't just go, well, it's not required, so I'm not doing any school then, you know, like that's not the point. The point is you don't need to be ruled by fear or compulsion or, you know, letting the uh, relationships suffer because you think you're being driven by some crazy, you know, crazy requirements. And right, someone in the right. comments said, oh, I've been guilty at looking at the recommendations as requirements. I mean, I hear people say that all the time. They have all of these things that they assume as true, but in reality, they're not. Like, and even if this lady lives in Missouri, here's their two requirements is teach the required subjects for a required period of time. You get to decide that required. I mean, like it gives you a time, but it's not like they have a thing where they're going in and checking every day. You know, it's you get to you get to catalog that. So every day. And if that's the truth, if you get to decide, if you get to decide, then write it on your, you know, on your bulletin board that you get to decide. That's the truth. You know, everything else is not truth. So you get to decide what those are. Keep going, Ben. Yeah, I mean, You're I on a roll. Like mom, uh, once she needed something, I don't know if it's for my driver's permit or something, you know, where it was like, oh, we need all of these, you know, examples of, or uh, records of good grades and stuff like that or whatever. Obviously, we didn't do um, we didn't do testing or anything like that. But my mom knows us. She knows she's our teacher. She knows all of that. So she just goes, okay, he was good in this. He was at, you know, B plus in this. Like she just kind of came up with it on her own. They're not going to ask for seven years of, you know, of proof of this. They're not going to do some big audit or of you or anything like that. So a lot of it, I think, honestly, you need a healthy dose of skepticism when it comes to that, because I think some people just let it spoon feed into them that, oh, you have to do, well, it says a thousand hours. So I got to do seven hours a day to do that. When it's like, yeah, but you're spending every day with them, teaching them stuff all year. Is your kid doing stuff through the summer too? Are they doing it every day? It doesn't matter. Like you get to determine what those thousand hours are. They're not telling you it has to be eight hours of math a day, you know, a week. It has to be whatever. They're just saying anything that you count as school. So it's got to be you decide that. Now, again, some states are more stringent than that. But I've looked through a lot of those states on HSLDA's website. And honestly, HSLDA adds a lot to most of those. A lot of them, it is very minimal. It just looks scarier than it actually is. I think also you should talk to your state group um a lot of them already have if you're in a tougher state they'll have like suggestions on how to get you know work with that um or if you're just unsure talk to someone in those groups because they can be a little bit more specific to the actual state um, and they've obviously been homeschooling in it but like again it's a lot of people just way overthink it and i had a couple thoughts on um just kind of the whole like how to type thing for someone who's you know who is uh, who isn't like really, really good at those subjects. Cause again, I don't think it's that he's bad necessarily. It's just that she's excels at that. So then he's just does looks worse in comparison, you know? <laughs> um, and that's like the same for all of me and my siblings. There's things I'm really good at and they would be considered comparatively maybe poor at, but that doesn't mean they're just, they're totally weak. Um, but I think one thing that you should do is always encourage, you know, and just encourage, encourage, encourage. I don't think that, your son feeling like a failure or disappointment to you and that, oh, he's not getting math like his sister, you know, and you're worrying about him getting into college and graduating or whatever else, that I don't think is ever going to be an effective way of helping him just get through those kind of things. Because there obviously are, are things in, in school that aren't fun that you don't enjoy and you don't, it's not your favorite thing in the world, but that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, making him feel disappointment or failure, I think is a really poor way of ever doing that. And then also I think, um, 
Obviously, you're going to focus on those strengths is what I think dad, you know, is usually what he's saying is not that you literally never do any math. It's just plug away at that. But once you start feeling the frustration and the anger and the relationship breaking coming, that's when you back off that and just focus on the strengths then for, you know, maybe the rest of that day or whatever. It's not that you never do math for six years in high school. It's that, you know, just make that something you plug at, but not something that brings frustration every day. But it might be that. You know, you might get to that point in high school, um, you know, talking about your HSLDA. I, I read that article uh, months ago about uh, Mike Smith, the president of HSLDA, who they fit, hit a point where the relationship was struggling with one of their children and they quit teaching algebra. You know, they just mm-hmm. stopped. You know, the same thing, I, Maggie or Catherine, when she was in high school, she wanted to do geometry. The only reason she wanted to do it is because she thought that's what real school was. And I told her, Catherine, at any point that you don't want to do it anymore, just stop and you're done. Because I knew that wasn't what she was going to be. Now, she probably finished it and she probably did really good and she probably can't do any of it anymore. But, you know, the, impo- the thing was, I gave her that permission to stop um, because the relationship, like Ben said, was suffering. But I, just trying to be a, even a little more practical, because um, Kate asked, you know, how did you succeed in doing this with your high school graduates? I will say... High school is the time to do it. High school is the time to let them fly doing what they, because, I mean, you give them a head start in, before they even get to college, if that's the direction. Sam, you know, he was Mr. Animator before he finished high school. When he started his, the, the, the animation mentor thing, he was already at the same level as a lot of the, the college kids who graduated from uh you know, a four-year art school we're at just because he did it at home. You know, we let him do it lots. Um, Catherine, she was outstanding in her haircutting place because that's what she loved doing. So we let her to spend a lot of time, you know, doing hair updos and looking at hair videos. And um, the same thing with uh, Ike and all our kids, we let them do primarily what they were what they were good at and what brought them smiles because, you know, uh, Kate and your letter is really such a great one because, um, and I hope you didn't feel like we're like talking at you because we're really, you could put in every other mom's name in here. Um, you know, she, you said we haven't been smiling much around here and I'd love to, it kills me to see them, to see them feel and hear the frustration in my son. You know, that's where I think you have to st- go with what you know to be true. Um, others will say, well, aren't you doing this? You need to, again, with confidence saying, no, we're not, because that's not what he's good at. Um, again, you know, we talked last week that schools concentrate on what your kids aren't good at, um, where we as homeschoolers can concentrate on what we are good at, and we give them a head, uh, head start uh, with that. So, no more. You know, you know the truth, Kate. Just do it. Just do it. Go ahead and plug at those things, like Ben said. That you know, yeah. Go ahead and work on some of those math things. Go ahead. Or just change it. You know, like if, like it may not fall. Someone who hates math and really struggles with it, his math may not fall fall into the normal 
geometry, algebra, whatever else, you know, stuff that's never mm. going to get used again, generally for most people. Maybe it is something like someone said, consumer math. That's the actual math that's real life. Like right. 99% of this is theoretical math that most people won't use much in their real life. So, you know, maybe it is something where, you know what, this year I'm going to help you. We're going to learn about investing. Maybe your kid will, you know, someone who's really into that, maybe they'll start being really interested in like, you know, do something with like Dave Ramsey's courses on planning for the future or whatever it is, you know, those kind of things like just change it up and realize it may not look exactly like, you know, the things that everyone says. And that is totally good and honestly could be more helpful down the road for the majority of people, I think, than just trying to fit them into you got to have geometry because like seriously, I, I mean, I have never, ever felt like I needed to use geometry one time. And I, I'm sure dad maybe did a couple times, but not super, super frequently. And that is not uncommon. I mean, I've, I mean, I've interacted with, you know, thousands of people at this point who are all professionals and they all like, anytime we talk about stuff like that, no one's ever like, okay, let's whip up a formula and figure that out. Like they just, they just, unless you're in those areas. And I think like towards high school, that is the time to let where you could see their strengths that's probably the direction they're going to go for a career, you know, a job or to provide for their family. So why put all the stress and stuff into something they're probably not even going to go to and field into as opposed to helping them excel in something that they actually might end up doing to support their family, you know, like let them, like Dad said, have the wings to do that versus trying to crimp them, you know, and be like, well, even though you're not going to use a pass now, I'm going to make you put all the majority of your effort and sadness into this, you know, uh, help them enjoy that. And that will get them more fired up and more ready to do something, you know, uh, down the road. And again, that, that's not all that it's about, but I just mean, that's kind of, I think what a lot of people, uh, you know, just don't do that. And I get why, I mean, cause like in parenting, you know, it's a lot harder to be like, raise a great kid. That's a lot harder to, I feel like to apply than someone who's like, here's exactly how you discipline, you know, here's your how to list. And that's what I think most people are looking for is they don't want to have to go with their gut. They would like to have that point by point thing of like, here's exactly what to teach each of your kids for each grade. And here's all the requirements and just do these things. And that takes the guesswork out. But I mean, you know, and I think if you have an average kid that works good. Maybe, but you know, yeah. but your kids Someone aren't average. You nuts though, I think. I mean, I think, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And you're an average mom and that fits good with you. Yeah, that works. You know, and like for your first kid, it did work, you know, like you were saying. But I think as we've talked, you know, and what this whole web, this whole uh, community is about, the smiling homeschooler, I think that smile on your face is the barometer to see, to, to show you how you're doing. And if your kid's not smiling and you're not smiling, then you need to make a change. Don't keep doing the same thing. Um, and so, you know, maybe maybe for the rest of the semester, you know, we've got a few more months, maybe you back off and you ask your kid, what, what would you like? What's your favorite part of school? And if they say, I really like to do this, then let them spend more time doing this. Again, it's not a like, let's not do these parts and then you can just go out and hang in your room. That's right. not the point. You know, the point is, you know, you want to guide them in the things that they, uh, and again, when you're, you said your son's a, a, a freshman, uh, man, that's the time to start doing it.
Well, I thought we'd have time for another question, but I, I think we're just about out of time, aren't we, Ben? Mia here, I just want to read her. She said, but you use geometry if you put up the clapboard behind you. I think she's saying like, those are the areas that you actually use stuff in real life. And I, not actually geometry. I didn't do it like a proof on how I'm going to do this. You know, <laughs> He didn't use but, geometry. She, know, I, she knows that. But what I, but <laughs> that might be a good example is maybe help your kid, you know, show them how to use a tape measure, you know, or show them how right. to use a right angle, you know, square or whatever, something like that. That's mm -hmm. super simple stuff. I would never even, I mean, I guess theoretically that is geometry, but it's not something I ever learned in a textbook. It's something that I just learned because I did it with dad and I had to figure it out once I started doing it. And I have a bunch of boards that are not cut properly and you can see my, uh, you know, handiwork in that. So I think those are another area that if you want practical, maybe do something like that if they're struggling with it, you know, cause you never know when something like getting outside the box can spawn a new interest, but Hey, and if there's anybody who's listening right now, who's going to be at the Nashville Teach Them Diligently Convention, if you come up to me real fast and you're the first one and says something like, I'm a smiling homeschooler, uh, I'll give you a free uh, Lies Homeschool Teens Believe book. So you, you can't beat that. Move fast because uh, they'll be there. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, have a great week. Um, if you haven't made plans to go to your convention, maybe talk to a friend or talk to your spouse and say, hey, let's do that. We need to go. And if you've never gone... I'm going to put the pressure on you just to uh, check it out. I think you're going to be super thrilled you will be. And uh, again, if you have a question, uh, send it to us. You don't have to, you know, we won't use your name. We'll use Kate's name uh, for all the rest of the questions. Have a great week and make sure both you and your children smile. Thanks for joining us for episode 80 of the Smiling Homeschool Podcast. If you have a child that is feeling frustrated or you are feeling frustrated, then we hope this episode was encouraging to you. If you would like more weekly encouragement each week, don't forget to go over to our website, thesmilinghomeschooler.com, to sign up for our short weekly encouragement email. I also want to say thank you to Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler. They make math fun, and you should go check out the website over at teachingtextbooks.com if you want to check out an awesome math curriculum. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling. If I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream, sweetheart Shaboom, shaboom Ya la 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 la